Friday from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a Wednesday. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for uh, listening in. As usual, phone lines already open this morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It is uh, 26 degrees. It's a little cool outside. <laughs> are we going to are we going to finally sometime get to where spring hits? I mean, I know it hit officially uh back in March, but man oh man. It's it's cold out this morning. Mm-hmm. It was cold and windy yesterday. You know what's going to happen? What? It, it's going to be like this, and then all of a sudden, it's going to be 90 degrees. Well, yeah. Whoa, geez, it's so hot. It's amazing how many people I've talked to over the last couple of months who have quoted that whole, uh, well, it's Idaho, just wait five minutes thing to me. You know, to- <laughs> uh, I mean, this year proves, especially if you've never lived here before, it's like it, it kind of proves that. Uh, we are underway on uh, Wednesday. Move along. Nothing to see here today. Um, we'll be talking about the uh, 34 felony charges plump uh Plump. Trump pled. Tried to put plump and uh, Trump and pled together. Right. Uh, Trump pled. You were either going to say plump or tread, so one of the two. <laughs> Not guilty to uh, yesterday. We'll talk somewhat about that. I don't know if you're like me. I think I'm more confused now that I've heard the charges um, because a lot of the charges are other charges, not specifically laid out. What it's, it's pretty what the much charges all, are. It's pretty much all, uh, I guess you could call it bookkeeping stuff. You know, when you you make a payment for something and then put it in the books under maybe a different title. Yeah, I, I mean, all of it has to do with business fraud. Um, it, it's interesting because I, I, and I'm not a lawyer, but I thought, you know, yesterday when the 34 felony charges were going to be laid out that we would know what all the charges are. Yeah. And some of the charges are just called other charges. So they're not even laid out as to what specifically they are. So apparently, you don't have to actually give what the charges are in the uh, initial indictment. Eventually, they're going to have to be turned over because it's the basis of evidence, right? I so guess so, yeah. The, 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 uh, the defense attorneys are going to have to know at some point what the actual charges are. It's not going to be a surprise when they enter court. Oh, by the way, here are the other charges that were mentioned in the, in the 34 <laughs> felony charges we told you about in the indictment. There were uh, good news to the case yesterday. Um, no violent protest went on in New York City. Or maybe it was just there were so many cops, um, as I was watching in here yesterday as they were getting ready as we told you 36,000 cops were told to show up in uniform mm-hmm. no matter what type of police officer they were even if they were right. you know undercover or whatever they were ordered to show up to uh help with possibility basically, of basically it came down control. to it came down to uh, there was only enough room that uh, if the police wanted to riot i mean they could have but there was just no room for anybody else. Well, at one point I looked and I go, there's more cops there than there are protesters. Yeah. There was like two cops for every protester, which, I mean, if, you, if you're going to cause a riot or be violent, that would be a detriment, right? And it's like, well, I have a cop on my left of me, cop on the right of me. Maybe I don't want to do anything Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> so we'll talk about that this morning. Uh, get your impressions uh, on what went on yesterday, what your thoughts are now that... Um, he has officially been charged. He was released on his own recognizance. Uh, of course, he flew back to 
Florida and uh, also gave his speech last night about uh, 8 o'clock our time talking I missed about that the charges. One. I, I missed that one completely. I went to sleep. Well, if you if you weren't asleep before, you probably could have listened to it and it could have helped put you asleep. You know what? I get the feeling that I could practically say it word for word without having, having heard it. <laughs> Um, so we'll talk about that. If, if, if you have your thoughts, what are your thoughts? Did this clear anything up for you? Um, there, there are a lot of attorneys. There are a lot of um, Trump dislikers, shall we say, um, that even weighed in yesterday. That <laughs> non enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll use the example uh, Mitt Romney of Utah. Um, he is in no way, shape, or form. A Trump supporter. As a matter of fact, he, he, you could even say he may even hate Trump. <laughs> um, and yesterday, his comment was that you know he doesn't believe that Trump, in any way, shape, or form, should be running for president. Is not a good presidential candidate. However, he said that in his opinion, this Alvin Bragg charge in the uh, Manhattan court is a stretch. Really? Yeah. That that's from Mitt Romney. Now, on the first part, I, I will, you know, accept his uh, uh, expertise as as to what a bad presidential candidate is like. But uh, on the second part, you know, why does he say that? Um, he just thinks the charges are a stretch. I mean, there's, oh. for a lot of the same reasons that a lot of people are saying, and, and this is this is where the problems are going to come in, I think, for Alvin Bragg going forward. And, and once again, we still don't have a lot coming out of this um that we know for a fact as of yet because you know like we said they're out of 34 criminal felony charges some of those charges are just listed as other charges yeah it's weird so there there are things that have to be proven here number one you have to prove that he did commit fraud all right that's the first thing you have to have to prove and then even though you're able to to prove that he committed fraud you have to, in this particular case, you're going to have to go further than that, according to attorneys, because the limitations, statute of limitations on fraud ran out a long time ago. And that's where maybe some of the other charges come in, because then in addition to proving, one, first of all, if you prove that there was fraud, you have to prove that that fraud was tied to election laws where the statute of limitations is longer because that is a federal charge, it's felony, and you have to prove that he was specifically committing the fraud to try to influence the election. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that they, they have to prove yet. Um, another non-supporter of uh, Trump, um, Bolton, I forgot his name, for not, not Michael Bolton. Uh, John? John Bolton. Um said yesterday you might call these guys former supporters former trump. supporters yeah. yeah they don't support trump um yesterday on cnn um he goes this is i see a problematic for the da because of the statute of limitations he said it's easy to get a grand jury you only have to prove within about 50 percent of the evidence to get a grand jury to indict when they go to court they're gonna have to have 90 to 95 percent um proof that the evidence you know to to convict in a in a jury trial he goes it's completely different it's it's fairly easy to get somebody indicted in by a grand jury not so much so you just have to have you know reasonable doubt and he says there's all sorts of reasonable doubt so far in what he has seen 
in what has been released so far. But once again, he doesn't have information or knowledge, privy to knowledge, that Alvin Bragg didn't release yesterday. That he apparently doesn't have to. Now, if you Mm. think this is going to be a fast case, you saw when the next time they go to court is, don't you? Uh, No, I didn't. When is it? December 4th. (laughs) That's that's, so. (laughs) Do it in court December 4th. That is uh, eight months from yesterday, so no, I don't think this is going to be terribly fast. Uh, I think it's September. I don't know the exact date in September that they uh, the defense is required to uh, file all their motions. So at that time, they could be filing a motion to dismiss, and the judge, you know, based on based on lack of evidence, or you know, could be that the um, statute of limitations isn't proven that it didn't go out. Uh, the judge could be yeah. dismissing the case. Moon could fall out of the sky. A lot of things could happen. A lot of things could happen. But they're not due back in court uh, until December. We'll talk more about this. Uh, More importantly, um, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. Chris isn't a lawyer. But, however, Nate Shulman had a lawyer on yesterday. Uh, David Leroy, former attorney general, current practice and defense uh, attorney. Um, He was on yesterday, and we will talk, hear some of the things that he had to say. He's looked into the case. He's followed the case. And uh, he had some interesting uh, things. Um, if you want to hear the whole interview now, you can go to the podcast, KBY.com, click on the Nate Shellman Show, and you can hear that. But we'll hear some of the highlights from that interview coming up for you this morning. Right now, um, let's uh, get underway with our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. And Rick Worthington is brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA. Open 7 a.m. till 2 every single day, seven days a week. Check out their menu, porkbellyidaho.com. Good morning. Some basketball news for you today from Boise State. Cam Martin did his homework, apparently, and Boise State ended up being a no-brainer for him. The former D2 All-American and six foot nine Kansas transfer announced yesterday that he'll play his final college season at Boise State. And he explained that decision with Bronco Nation News. Uh, me and my brother both came on official visits to Boise last week. Um, we just love the city, uh, love the campus, everything about it. I've uh, never been out to Idaho, so just getting able to experience the the, co- uh, the campus and meet the coaches in person uh, was super big for both of us. And ultimately just decided it was the best fit um, basketball-wise and, and school-wise. Now you heard Cam mention his brother. That would be Alex Martin. He will also join the team as a freshman walk-on next season. He's six foot six and was committed to a junior college before deciding that he wanted to be teammates with his brother this upcoming season. Now, both brothers and their parents visited Boise State last weekend. They'd already visited Colorado State and had some interest from Clemson, Wichita State, SMU, and Texas Tech. Bronco Nation News says they saw enough in Boise to shut it down and commit to being Broncos. So, some good news for the Boise State men's basketball team. Again, six foot nine Cam Martin, a transfer from the University of Kansas, playing now as a Bronco. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623, so you're excited uh, about... uh the newest transfer coming into Boise State oh, next year, Chris? Yeah, as soon as I saw the word uh, Kansas. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, new center. Uh, by the way, Boise State has done fantastic so far in uh, filling holes to the transfer system. They've already got their point guard, who they got from San Diego, mm-hmm. who was the WAC freshman of the year. And at San Diego, he had the same, almost the same exact numbers 
as Marcus Shaver did this year for Boise State. So they're they're getting a similar player. They're the same size, similar player to uh, Marcus Shaver, and now they got their center, who has won a national championship with Kansas. Now he had redshirted that year, and then which is just year before last. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, actually last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, not not this. So year. he was on the team, but he was a red shirt last year. But he won the national championship, and he was practicing every day. And then ahead of uh, this year, he separated his shoulder and ended up mm-hmm. not playing and getting a red shirt year. This will be his seventh year in college basketball coming up with Boise State, and his last year of eligibility, right? Last year yeah. of eligibility. He's already used his uh, super senior season. This is a medical red shirt because he injured himself last year and didn't get a play, so he was uh, given a medical red shirt year. Um here's the other cool thing about this. Um number 1, he was a prolific scorer in uh college that he has played before even transferring to Kansas, even mm-hmm. though he never played an actual game. But he was <laughs> he was practicing against some of the best players in the nation at Kansas right. his whole two years while he was there when he wasn't injured. Um, but he averaged uh, with Southwest Missouri State when he was playing there before he transferred to Kansas. He was averaging twenty five points a game. Oh wow! He's six foot nine and uh, he shoots. Uh, his lifetime average from the three point line as a center, six foot nine, is forty five percent. Serious? Yeah. So he's a center who can shoot. Apparently, um, I also like uh, how positive he is. He goes and how much he knows already about Boise State. Mm-hmm. He goes, "We will not be going zero and nine next year." Zero and nine, meaning that he is pretty much guaranteed that they're going to win in the national <laughs> in the NCAA tournament. Oh, I see. Yeah, because Boise State is now currently zero and nine oh, oh, in right, the NCAA right. tournament. He goes, gotcha. We're not going to be zero and nine after or, next year. Oh, or zero and ten or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So the other cool thing about this is Boise State got two players for the price of one. Yeah. Nice. They got uh, his brother because he said wherever he transferred, everybody had to know that if you gave him a scholarship, he's only transferring to a school that will give uh, take his brother along with him. His brother is a, I think six foot six or six foot seven wing player. He's a freshman, and they've never had the chance to play together because they have so many years between the two of them. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first time in their so life that they've we, had a chance, so getting, and he wanted to play together. We're with getting him. a freshman and a seventh year senior. Yeah. So um, they still have one scholarship yet. So the one thing that they haven't kind of addressed is the depth that we lacked this year um they do have some incoming freshmen there is uh who i like to call one of the hansen brothers coming in i don't know if you've seen pictures <laughs> of him an amazing freshman that they think is going to get a lot Does of playing time next year long hair thick glasses and long hair a suitcase full a of ponytail toys. thick horn rim glasses <laughs> i don't know if he has the toy bot or so, the uh, suitcase full of toys hansen brothers kurt rambus type of guy <laughs> yeah okay. he, that's kind of what he looks like and he's one uh a lot of awards. Um, he's been uh, player of the year in uh, his conference in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, has won quite a few awards, and they're saying that he could get a lot of playing time next year as a freshman, too. So um, I'm excited for next year. Cool. Uh, unfortunately, we have about 10 months before we uh, get yeah, into unfortunately, basketball it's, again. It's next year. KBY News Time, 626. Phone lines are open, 208 336 town 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 634, um, as you heard right there, uh, concert tickets are on sale. Well, not just concert tickets, golf and concert tickets, because you buy one, you get two. 
two for the price of one. You get a full day of golf during the uh, Albertsons Boise Open uh, presented by Chevron. And then uh, if you want to stick around, you get a uh, concert afterwards. So you can call it free concert. When you pay for golf, or you can call it free golf if you're paying for the concert. Uh, coming up here a little bit later this morning, we're going to be talking with uh, Jeff Sanders. Who, by the way, it's it's interesting. As long it's been thirty, was mm-hmm. it thirty four years now that the Boise Open? He's been the started. Pretty much the guy running the tournament yeah. that entire time. The entire time. So it's pretty amazing. Um, we'll be talking with Jeff Sanders coming up about eight thirty this morning about the Boise Open and uh, tickets. By the way, I want to remind you. Uh, as we go to another hometown breakfast this Friday, Chris and I, of course, uh, already starting to make our plans and looking over the menu to decide what we want for breakfast. Uh, you can do the same. Their menu is online, by the way. But we're going to be headed to La Peep in Meridian, just off Eagle Road, behind uh, Idaho Central Credit Union there, uh, just off Eagle. And we're going to be there broadcasting live for the hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We will have tickets, golf tickets you can call them what you want either if you're a golf fan you can call them the golf tickets and you can go to a concert for free like i said or we'll have concert tickets for you um to win joan jett and the black hearts uh what, it doesn't matter which one you like if you yeah. like weezer um we'll have tickets to give away every hour that the peep is open and we're there broadcasting live so in the seven o'clock eight o'clock and nine o'clock hour we'll be giving away tickets this week there's just another reason besides the delicious food to stop by and say hi might if, even get a if, chance to see Kenny. As if, as if that weren't enough reason. <laughs> yeah. You might even get a chance to see Kenny. Kenny is going to be there. He said already, we saw him last week at our first one right. uh, in Meridian that we uh, had at Deja Brew. And he said, hey, I'll see you next week. So he's making plans already. Kenny from Cloverdale Plumbing, who, huge thank you to everybody because uh, these things wouldn't be possible yeah. without... He is plumbing. the sponsor. He is the sponsor. So anyway, make your plans to join us once again. Hometown Breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing uh, every Friday for the next couple of months. This week, we're at La Peep in Meridian. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Jeremiah Bates will be back uh, today, and uh, he'll be in to talk about what's going on with the stock market down yesterday and looking like, uh, as far as the futures are concerned, down as of right now, about 50 points on the Dow. Uh, The other indexes are also down. Oil is up. Surprise. I don't know why. Just because (laughs) they uh, agreed to limit production of oil, OPEC, is they, Mm -hmm. by $1.5 million, or 1.5 million barrels a day. Uh, We'll talk about what's driving the stock market and what we're looking at today with Jeremiah Bates here in about half an hour. Also, another thing we'll be uh, talking about this morning, one of the bills that uh, some people thought that the governor could be vetoing, uh, he signed into law yesterday. As a matter of fact, he did it late last night, about uh, sometime after 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know this because uh, your wife was filing a news story. <laughs> yes, yeah, she was right in the middle of it. It's like she was oh. she was filing a news story, like at that moment uh, that she'd worked on for about an hour, and it had you know quotes and all sorts of things in the middle of it. And all of a sudden, here came a message: Oh, he just signed this bill, and so it <laughs> it completely wiped out what she'd been talking about. Governor Brad Little last night signed House Law Bill seventy one, which makes it a felony to provide puberty blockers, hormone therapies and transition-related surgeries to children and minors. Idaho became the 10th state to ban gender-affirming care for youth and young adults, according to the University of California Los Angeles School of Law. Governor said in a letter to the uh, lawmakers, I recognize our society plays a role in protecting minors from surgeries or treatments that can irreversibly damage their healthy bodies. 
said, however, as a policymaker or as policymakers, we should take great caution whenever we consider following the or allowing the government to interfere with loving parents and their decisions about what mm-hmm. is best for children, unquote. Which is generally what guides my thinking. GOP lawmakers who supported the ban on gender affirming care said it's harmful to children's reproductive development and mental therapy is a safer, safer alternative. Uh, if you're wondering when that will take effect, the law takes effect in January of 2024. But it will be officially law beginning in January as the governor signed that bill last night. Mm. Still more bills. Um, I believe today is the deadline for signing any bills things? that he has on his desk, either signing them, vetoing them, or doing nothing, which means if he does nothing, they become law without yeah. him signing it. Um, the legislature will be in session one tomorrow. more day tomorrow, right? right? So in case there is any final business to do, he does veto uh, one of the bills that some people think he may. By I the way, know. one of those bills, and we'll talk about this too, um, another governor from another another state gave him a call and said, you need to veto this bill. I am uh, scheduling more legislators to talk to us uh, Thursday and Friday. So far, I've got a couple of uh, Democrats, but so far the only thing I can get out of the Republicans is... Uh, uh, we'll we'll wait and let you know. Because you know, the, the, I may be skedaddling. Well, out yeah. Of town. I mean, I I should just call the ones that are here, are here in, yeah. in in Boise and say, well, you're going to be home anyway, so yeah. why don't you just call? And I, I think it's good that we, even though they'll be wrapped up, um, get a wrap up on the legislative session, what some of them thought about um, how this legislative session went, and what bills got kicked down to the road to twenty twenty four because there are some that did that. Anyway, uh, we'll let you know on uh, what goes on. With bills later today, like I said, I think today's the the day that he either has to sign veto or do nothing, and then tomorrow, signy die will probably happen tomorrow in the legislature, I'm guessing. Let's get a check on uh, what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cunit. Don't forget, they have a drive through now for your coffee. You don't have to get out of your car. Opens up at 7 o'clock just like their restaurant. Uh, all you have to do, if you want iced coffee, hot coffee, flavored coffee, whatever they have, they have a whole bunch of hip drips for you to choose from. Get into the coffee drive through at Pork Belly and Cunit. Good morning. Another update on Boise State. We start with the gymnastics team. They'll be represented at next weekend's national championship. Bob Beeler with more. The NCAA announced that Bronco Juniors Courtney Blackson and Emily Lopez have advanced as individuals to the national championship. Blackson, who earned a 10 on vault at the regionals, and Lopez, who had a 10 earlier in the season on bars, will both compete in those events a week from Saturday in Fort Worth. It's the first time since 2014 that Boise State has had multiple individuals qualify for the championship event. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Meanwhile, the Bronco football team is still engaged in practices as they get set for the scrimmage this coming weekend. Coach Avalos talked about his quarterback, Taylor Green. Taylor's hoping to grow each and every day, and that's the cool part about it. The things that um, we do well, we still want to grow on um, from practice to practice. The things we got to be better at, he's all... He's all yours. He's, his care factor is through the roof. And, you know, just keeping him, um, is, as we all know, as a young quarterback, still with a lot of experience from last year, but with plenty of opportunity to continue to grow, keeping him focused on the simple things that are going to allow him to move forward. He, made, he definitely made some good throws. Again, led us on a two-minute drive uh, before the half, had some explosive plays on the two-minute drive, and uh, connected with Matt Lauder, you know, in the end zone for a pretty nice catch there. Um, and that was exciting to see him operate. It's probably one of his best two-minute drives that he's had. Once again, the Boise State football team will have their spring game. It's free. You can come out and watch this Saturday afternoon at Albertson Stadium. I'm Rick Worthington.
Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up for you this morning, another chance for a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida with our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. If you have real estate needs, one number you need to go to know. 208 888 Our question today, um, this was kind of surprising. Did you know there are 20 countries in the world with zero rivers? They don't I have did. a single river. I did not know that. I did not know that either. Um, our question for you today, which is the largest country in the world that has no rivers? If you know, stick around. After 8 o'clock, you can get that $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. Coming up after news at the top of the hour, the uh, Trump facing 34 felony counts. Uh, the indictment yesterday, one of our legal minds here in the Treasure Valley will weigh in. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The former president, Alex, pleaded not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records that were elevated to felonies because of what was described as an underlying conspiracy to keep information from the American voting public before the 2016 election. 34 felonies. Uh, we found out yesterday what some of the charges specifically uh, were and uh, other charges. We still don't know what they uh, were. They were just called other crimes i didn't realize that when you, you you charge somebody you didn't have to say what the charges were you can just yeah. say other crimes and then uh, somewhere down the road then you specifically get to say what those no, i mean they're felonies are. so you know what could they be murders uh, you know kidnappings yeah uh, armed robbery i watched uh, a little bit of this yesterday i watched mostly cnn i wanted to get um you know cnn's view i switched back and forth from fox and and, and cnn um, even some of the people on CNN ha- had a hard time trying to say how some of this rises to felonies. So it's going to be interesting. Some of the things that we do know now, um, it's kind of surprising. I-, I figured that this was going to take a long time, but the next time that they're doing court isn't until December 4th. <laughs> that's, that's a long ways away. So there's, this is guaranteed that this is going to take place during the presidential election leading up to the primaries. And and I, I've heard some predictions that this could take three to four years to get through the courts. Yeah. So Trump, if he would be elected, would be president and still be having to go to court on so there some of these things. 34 charges, and they're giving them eight months to prepare for their opening? Apparently. Or actually more than that. That's just the next time that they're doing oh. court. Oh, I see. Um, they may not make that December 4th if, you know, the defense attorneys are due with any of their motions. I think sometime in September, I'm not sure of the specific date, but in September, some of those motions I am sure is going to be to dis- dismiss the case. We don't know whether the case could possibly dismiss, be dismissed, and they end up not in court on December 4th either. Now... We're not lawyers. However, we have one of the great legal minds here in Idaho um, at our disposal from time to time. And he has uh, done some research into this. David Leroy, past attorney general, lieutenant governor, um, currently practicing uh, lawyer here in the Treasure Valley, weighed in on the Nate Shellman show yesterday talking about the counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. And what does that kind of mean um, in layman's terms so that we can understand? 
First of all, the statute itself is a very curious piece of work on the New York law books. Uh, it's short enough. In fact, it's only one sentence. Let me read it to you and your listeners. Okay. A person is guilty of falsifying business records in the first degree when he commits the crime of falsifying business records in the second degree and when his intent to defraud includes an intent to commit another crime to aid or conceal the commission thereof. So it's a double intent statute, uh, perhaps the only one in the country. Interesting. So it's not just falsifying that, but falsifying to cover up a crime. You've got to have an intent to falsify the first set of business records, and then your intent in that regard has to include an intent uh, to defraud, which includes within it an intent to commit another crime. Sort that out if you can. <laughs> Once again, that's uh, Attorney David Leroy on with Nate Shellman yeah. yesterday. Um, also I- explained uh, some of the uh, charges, uh, or at least tried to explain them in, in layman's terms so that we can understand them. Next thing that uh, your listeners ought to know is they're talking about three sets of documents. He's, he's charged with a, making a false entry in business records. But the business records are three kinds of things. Uh, number one, invoices from Cohen. Uh, number two, a general ledger entries. And third, checks and check stubs. So it's the kind of thing that typically in a large business organization would be done by somebody several layers down from the, from the chief executive. So in terms of actually touching an invoice from Cohen, I'm sure Donald Trump didn't do that, or making a general ledger entry. But on the checks and check stubs uh, uh, allegations, it gets a little closer to home. How much of this is hearsay if somebody were to say, I'm doing this under the direction of, <clears throat> you know, you know who, so the yeah. big guy told me to do this. How much does that hold weight, uh, that statement hold weight in this case? The statement of facts that accompanies the, the indictment actually refers to one audio tape, which is a conversation between Trump and Cohen, in which uh, a payment uh, is discussed. Other than that, uh, the allegations of who did what to whom are largely going to be driven uh, by testimony, and Cohen is the linchpin that uh, puts it all together. If you don't believe Cohen, uh, the case falls apart. Nevertheless, there are a bunch of Trump uh, minions involved as well. His chief financial officer is uh, alleged to have done this, that, and the other thing. The controller is alleged to have been involved. The accounts payable supervisor is alleged to have been involved. And basically, uh, it, co- it comes down to a lot of business records and nine checks that uh, Donald Trump apparently personally signed sent back to his organization to send to Cohen. Once again, that is uh, David Leroy. He's uh, done some research uh, into the uh, case and the charges in New York. And uh, a lot of times, you know, when you when you go to court, you have he said, you had she said, and then somewhere in the middle is uh, reality. Um, he also explained uh, on Nate Shulman's show yesterday what he thinks the reality of the case is. Well, reality in the first instance is going to come in the attacks made on this statute. Uh, has the statute of limitations run? If it's uh, just a misdemeanor, the answer is yes. If it's a regular felony, the answer is possibly. And if the extension of the statute of limitations that the governor of uh, New York did 
during the COVID period is allowed to be counted, uh, then perhaps uh, this is a case that can be brought uh, because the statute of limitations was irregularly, extraordinarily extended. But uh, if the statute holds up, if the statute comes into play after all the initial attacks, uh, then there's certainly enough here, I guess, to go forward with a show trial uh, that ultimately will, of course, end up uh, in the appellate process within the state of New York. And if Trump's lawyers can find enough federal questions, it'll go to the federal court uh, and the United States Supreme Court ultimately three or four years from now. Once again, David Leroy weighing in uh, on the case yesterday. Um, if you'd like to weigh in, your thoughts, go ahead, feel free. You can email us right now, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Alina Haba, one of uh, Trump's attorneys, um, interesting point made yesterday. She said, let's talk about what we can see in the indictment, which is the year and date. I'm no crazy, brilliant human being, but I'm sure I know how to read a calendar. We have dates of February 2017. Where was President Trump in February 2017? The Oval Office. We know he was sitting in the Oval Office, so explain to me how this is campaign finance interference. Good point. I don't know. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, coming up here next, we'll uh, delve into the stock market today. Looks like all three of the indexes are uh, going to be opening up to the downside as far as the future is concerned. We'll check in with Jeremiah Bates coming up after sports, traffic, and weather. This update on sports with Rick Worthington brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA. Get in today. They're open for lunch and breakfast every day, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yes, they're open right now. Get in right now and take advantage of uh, probably less crowds than they're going to get during the early morning rush. Pork Belly is located in downtown CUNA. Good morning. Some basketball news for you today from Boise State. Cam Martin did his homework, apparently, and Boise State ended up being a no-brainer for him. The former D2 All-American and six foot nine Kansas transfer announced yesterday that he'll play his final college season at Boise State. And he explained that decision with Bronco Nation News. Uh, me and my brother both came on official visits to Boise last week. Um, we just love the city, uh, love the campus, everything about it. Uh, never been out to Idaho, so just getting able to experience the the, coach, uh, the campus and meet the coaches in person uh, was super big for both of us. And ultimately, just decided it was the best fit um, basketball wise and and school wise. Now you heard Cam mention his brother. That would be Alex Martin. He will also join the team as a freshman walk on next season. He's six foot six and was committed to a junior college before deciding that he wanted to be teammates with his brother this upcoming season. Now, both brothers and their parents visited Boise State last weekend. They'd already visited Colorado State and had some interest from Clemson, Wichita State, SMU, and Texas Tech. Bronco Nation News says they saw enough in Boise to shut it down and commit to being Broncos. So, some good news for the Boise State men's basketball team. Again, six foot nine Cam Martin, a transfer from the University of Kansas, playing now as a Bronco. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us once again this morning. He is back to uh, talk about the stock market. We're down 
across the board a little bit now down on the futures only about 21 points after being down uh, yesterday um, so far today and I, I thought we would see a, a little different as far as the futures and maybe that'll happen on on the opening because you would think that this would be good news as far as it relates to increasing interest rates um, but the job numbers are out and they're a little softer than anticipated which would be bad news so I thought we'd see good news on the stock market well, there, there was a little bit of a mix. So we have the data released this morning for showing that the private, uh, private companies hiring for the month of March. They added 145,000 jobs last month, which missed the $200,000 job gain that was anticipated. And this is also a huge decline of the rate of the numbers that came in for the month of February, which was 261,000. So, Again, we're starting to see these, these, I want to call, go as far as saying cracks, but we're starting to see a slowdown. You're seeing the labor market start to cool, even though it's still arguably very strong. So again, that would then lead to say, okay, if we're starting to see these data points of the economy cooling down, then that would likely lead to a pause in interest rate hikes because what the Federal Reserve is doing is actually working. Right. But we got some news from Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester. She was on Bloomberg this morning. I watched her live. And she made it very clear that policymakers should continue to lift interest rates beyond 5% and that we'll likely won't see that 2% uh, inflation mark until 2025. So we got just some conflicting, we got some data and then we got some more Fed speak, which again, this Fed speak has thrown the market into a bit of a tailspin at times. So we just saw some conflicting, uh, some conflicting reports here and the market's relatively flat. I think the most interesting spot to look at is Friday when we're actually going to get the U.S. unemployment and non-farm payroll reports for last month. However, the market's closed on Friday, so you're going to have investors, they're going to have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to digest this data, and the opening next week should be should be pretty interesting from a job standpoint. But I would anticipate markets to be relatively flat today because it's not really move. we got some contra- contra- uh, contradicting uh, items coming out this right. morning. And when does the Fed uh, announce their next rate hike? When are they due to do that? Well, I believe it's May. Is not till May. All right. So, yeah. all right. Thanks, uh, Jeremiah. Welcome back. Good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. We'll get an update on what's going on in the stock market. Right now, you can almost call it basically flat on all three of the indexes. They're all down just a little bit ahead of the futures, but we'll keep an eye on that and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Oh, look at that. Stock market opens, and uh, we see a flip from red to green. So that's good news this morning. Dow uh, now up 50 points. They were down just uh, about 24 points. Head of the opening this morning, uh, Standard & Poor's still basically flat. It's down four points. Um, I believe the NASDAQ uh, also down, yeah, 46 points. But Dow is up a little bit. We'll keep an eye on that for you as we go along this morning. Reminder that uh, coming up Friday, another big day for you. Casper and Chris Hometown Breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We're hey, to Big day for us, too. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You can start off the day, and your job is, of course, doing your job, plus you get to eat breakfast, too. You got a pretty good job. Yeah, I think so. Hometown Breakfast is uh, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing, and this week we're headed to La Peep, right behind uh, Idaho Central Credit Union there in Meridian, just off Eagle Road. Come on out and join us for breakfast. Uh, they open up at 7 o'clock. Also a big day because uh, another KBOI sweet deal. There's a double 
sweet deal for you coming up this week. Sweet deal uh, includes LaPeep. So we're broadcasting from LaPeep. While you're there, if you have a phone or a laptop computer with you, you can also get online, kboi.com. Click on that sweet deals link, and you can get a $50 gift certificate from LaPeep, which, by the way, for 50 bucks will get you a lot of food. It's only 25 bucks. That's one of the sweet deals. The other sweet deal, um, once again, and this one will go quickly, Land Ocean, which is just down the street uh, a few hundred yards from where we're at at La Peep. That will also go on sale. Both of those on sale, 9 o'clock sharp, coming up on Friday morning. Um, if you want to get both of them, you can. I highly suggest go for the one you want first because they sell out quickly. <laughs> yeah. Prioritize. Yeah. By the time you come back to buy the other one, they could be gone. Um, I'll just tell you right now, Land Ocean has 100 available. Mm-hmm. Uh, La Peep has 150. So maybe go for the Land Ocean first just because there's so many more uh, available from La Peep, and then you'll have a chance to get both of them if you wish. Anyway, KBOI.com. Click on the Sweet Deals link once again at 9 o'clock sharp Friday morning to take advantage of the La Peep Sweet Deal and the Land Ocean Sweet Deal. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Ahead of sports here, I want to talk a a little bit about sports that Rick is not going to be talking about. Yesterday I got just blasted because they blamed me for the Seattle Mariners getting off to such a horrible start because after they won the first day, I said, hey, Mariners are on uh, track to win 162 <laughs> games. And they said, it's your fault. So I said, all right. Well, well now they're on track to win 162 games, but it's <laughs> going to take them like three years to do it. I, I said, all right, I'll try the reverse then. Today, I said, now they're on track to lose 100 games. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it worked. Last night, they won 11-3 to uh, against the uh, Anaheim Angels and two of the players that they had had who have just got off to horrible starts, uh, Pollock and uh, uh, Teoscar um, Hernandez. Hernandez both hit two home runs last night, eleven oh, to three. Wow. Yeah, so they finally got off the Schneid. Um, I wanted to give uh, this particular uh, audio for you because this is going to be a future um, trivia question for you. Baseball history happened yesterday. Of course, you know there's a new pitch clock this season, Major League <laughs> Baseball. Manny Machado um, hasn't apparently got used to it during the preseason, the first four games of the year. He was ejected in the first inning of yesterday's game between the San Diego Padres and Arizona Diamondbacks uh, because even though he was in the batter's box, apparently the umpire thought he was wasting time, so he called a third strike with two men on. That's a strikeout. There's a violation. Ron Culpa just rung up Manny Machado. We're on the clock here this year, and that's an automatic strike, and it happens to be strike three. Here comes Bob Melvin, and somebody's been ejected. Looks like Machado. The inning just ended on a pitch timer violation with Manny Machado at the plate, and now it looks like his day may be done. That's an automatic (laughs) strike three. Off to a raucous start in San Diego. So Manny Machado will be the answer to two trivia questions. Uh, first person to strike out to end an inning mm-hmm. uh, because On of a, a pitch clock violation. And <laughs> uh, first person to argue, you're not allowed to argue balls and strikes, but apparently you're also not allowed to argue pitch clock violations uh, because he was ejected for arguing mm-hmm. his pitch clock violation pretty much automatically uh, uh, didn't didn't take much ejected yeah, yeah it didn't take much he it didn't look like he was 
you know, being adamant about anything, but man, it took like two seconds and the uh, ump is like, you well, are out of here. You, you got to realize the ump is so much closer. He can hear what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's probably uh, true. We, we we don't know the exact words that were spoken. Um However, here's he didn't a possible seem demonstrative. List, no. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so here's a possible list of words he might have used. There you go. There, there's your answer to future trivia questions uh, to put in your mind. Who knows? Years from now, we could be using that for a Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Tomorrow, even maybe even tomorrow. Right. Yeah. KBY News Time is seven forty-four. Let's get another check on what's going on with sports. There is other sports going on, especially here locally. This uh, update brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, by the way, which is locally. Uh, if you want to head out to Cuna, great place to get yourself breakfast. Highly suggest biscuits and gravy. And if you're not a big biscuits and gravy fan, um, go with something else. Um, maybe try because this also has the gravy. Their chicken fried steak, maybe the best chicken fried steak I have ever had. It's like an inch thick. I've never had chicken fried steak that thick. Mm. And that comes with the pork gravy also on it. So you get you get two for the price of one. Get out to Pork Belly in CUNA for your breakfast today. Good morning. Another update on Boise State. We start with the gymnastics team. They'll be represented at next weekend's national championship. Bob Beeler with more. The NCAA announced that Bronco Juniors Courtney Blackson and Emily Lopez have advanced as individuals to the national championship. Blackson, who earned a 10 on vault at the regionals, and Lopez, who had a 10 earlier in the season on bars, will both compete in those events a week from Saturday in Fort Worth. It's the first time since 2014 that Boise State has had multiple individuals qualify for the championship event. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Meanwhile, the Bronco football team is still engaged in practices as they get set for the scrimmage this coming weekend. Coach Avalos talked about his quarterback, Taylor Green. Taylor's hoping to grow each and every day, and that's the cool part about it. The things that um, we do well, we still want to grow on um, from practice to practice. The things we got to be better at, he's all, he's all yours. He's, his care factor is through the roof. And, you know, just keeping him, um, is, as we all know, as a young quarterback, still with a lot of experience from last year, but with plenty of opportunity to continue to grow, keeping him focused on the simple things that are going to allow him to move forward. He, made, he definitely made some good throws. Again, led us on a two-minute drive uh, before the half, had some explosive plays on the two-minute drive, and uh, connected with Matt Lauder you know, in the end zone for a pretty nice catch there. Um, and that was exciting to see him operate. It's probably one of his best two-minute drives that he's had. Once again, the Boise State football team will have their spring game. It's free. You can come out and watch this Saturday afternoon at Albertson Stadium. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752. The Masters happens this week. Every once in a while it happens on Easter weekend, so uh, I'll get to spend uh, Easter Sunday watching the Masters this year. Um, I, I have proof that my wife loves me. I just had texted her. I would forgot to record the Masters uh, Par 3 tournament, which is always just amazing fun to watch mm-hmm. because it's not serious. Um, it's a bunch of the players who play the Par 3 course at uh, the uh, tournament site, and they... they you have little kids out there that are five years old. You have kids that are caddying for their dad. Um, and they, you know, they let them hit the golf balls sometime on some of the holes. Um, one of the most famous ones and was so cool is a few years ago when Jack Nicholas was playing with his son. His son was caddying for him on the par three. And on the last hole, he let his son uh, hit on the par three and his son hit a hole in one. <laughs> 
Keep in mind, Jack Nicholson has won numerous Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's won 18 majors. And he said afterwards, the highlight of his golf life was his son hitting a hole in one on the par three. Is that right? On the par three Masters. So, uh, get to watch that. Anyway, uh, thank you, Tracy, for uh, hitting record for me because I completely forgot to do that before uh, I left today. Uh, speaking of golf, coming up here in about 45 minutes, tickets went on sale yesterday for the Boise Open. And what is cool about this, and we'll talk more with Jeff Sanders, uh, who is in charge of the Boise Open, coming back for a 34th year. Um, what is so cool about this isn't the golf. It isn't the concert, even though those are both really cool things. The cool thing is how much money this raised for local charities here, specifically in the Treasure Valley. So the money raised for this, uh, 100% of it goes to charity, and 100% of it stays right here. They don't give it to the tour to send out nationally to different places who are are people in need. It's people in need that are right here. And you even, I believe, and we'll ask uh, Jeff about this, when you buy your tickets, I think you get to say who you think your money that you're purchasing gets to go to. Um, But over $3 million last year alone was raised for local charities. Well, that's pretty terrific, isn't it? Yeah. So Jeff Jeff Sanders will be with us coming up here uh, about 8.35 this morning, and we'll have a conversation uh, about the artists that are going to be here, the golf that you're going to be able to watch, and why this is such a uh, great tournament here. One of the uh, few, I think there's only a handful or less tournaments that have been held at the same location um, since the beginning of the tour, and it's seen uh, three or four different sponsor changes. Uh, currently, um, you know, it's the Albertsons Boise Open brought to you by Chevron. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be uh, the Nike Open. Um, I think three, like I said, three or four different name changes, but it's always been held at the same place here in Boise, and it's always come back to Boise every year since the beginning the, of the tour started. And the right. other thing we mentioned this morning, Jeff Sanders has also been here since the beginning of the tour which is was it the ben, amazing. was it the ben hogan tour when it i think started? yeah i think it was ben, ben you had the ben hogan tour nike tour so yeah there's a lot of fun there's a lot of free stuff that you'll be able to do and like i said if you're interested in the tickets uh we'll tell you how you'll be able to get those tickets if you buy the golf tickets by the way you also get the concert tickets for the specific days there's also uh tickets that you're able to purchase for $75 that will get you into all four days of golf and all three of the concerts. $75 for those three concerts is amazing. Yeah. Okay, quickly, here it was. Uh, from 90 to 92, it was the Ben Hogan Tour. 93 to 99, the Nike Tour. 2000 to 2002, the Buy.com Tour. 2003 to 2012, the Nationwide Tour. 2012 to 2019, the Web.com Tour. And 2020 to the present, the Corn Ferry Tour. <laughs> so I said, I said, uh, two or three uh, name changes. Uh, apparently, five or six. Yeah, name this, changes. They're on their six now. Yeah, uh, but uh, every year, Plantation Golf Course has hosted the uh, tournament. So anyway, Jeff Sanders, uh, CEO uh, of the tour, will be with us coming up here at about uh, 8:35. We'll uh, get all the information for you. Here's another cool thing about stopping out at our hometown breakfast coming up this coming Friday, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Every hour this Friday, seven o'clock hour, eight o'clock hour, and nine o'clock hour, we will have tickets to each of the days. And you'll have your choice of what tickets are that we give away. Uh, but for instance, Cheryl Crow is Thursday. Mm-hmm. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts is Friday. And then Weezer is Saturday. We will have tickets to all day of golf plus the concert that night every hour this week. Once again, if you want to come out to the hometown breakfast, just make plans to join us. Once again, we'll be at La Peep in Meridian.
Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour. 27 degrees in downtown Boise at 8.07. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to get through today. Uh, you can also email us, Chris. At KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. I want to weigh in on your thoughts yesterday uh, about Trump pleading not guilty to 34 felony counts, uh, even though some of those counts, we don't even know what they are as of yet. Please feel free. We'll talk more about that coming up later. I wanted to uh, talk about uh, interesting news yesterday that Washington Governor Jay Inslee, once again, Jay Inslee, Governor of Washington, mm-hmm. wrote a letter to uh, Governor Little asking uh, and telling him that he needed to veto House Bill 242. That bill, by the way, is a bill that would make it illegal for any person to help a a minor in Idaho get an abortion in another state without parental permission. I'm just curious. I mean, I I know a little of the uh, governor here in our state, Governor Brad Little. I don't know much about... Governor Inslee, other than he's a liberal Democrat, how how do how do you think this went over? I mean, that had to go over like a fart in church, don't you think? Another governor I, telling it, you you have to probably, veto a bill probably went over like a suggestion. <laughs> Thank you for your suggestion. <laughs> yeah, you know where to stick your suggestion, right? I, I mean, that would be uh, that. That's a lot of chutzpah. I think another governor some from of another can, state going, "Hey, you can you need to veto this bill." Some of that you can infer from context, you know, like about where where to put your suggestion. But because you know, he doesn't say that straight out. There is a you know, make a suggestion box and put yeah. a Helen Wait in charge. And uh, so, if you have a suggestion, go to Helen Wait. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it this way. I mean, what would that have looked like if Governor Brad Little, when Jay Inslee signed, was signing into law that. Uh, after 2030 in Washington State, you won't be able to buy any new vehicles that aren't electric vehicles. If the governor had said, hey, you need to veto this bill. This is yeah. just stupid. The Probably Helen would Wait. have gone over just as well. The Helen Waite joke isn't even my favorite joke of that kind. <laughs> my favorite was when uh, Hank Azaria and Helen Hunt were getting divorced. And uh, the judge told uh, Hank Azaria if he wanted his stuff, he could go to Helen Hunt for it. <laughs> You're right. That is a better joke. But has has some basis in truth too. Uh, this bill, by the way, uh, that we're telling you, the governor still has not signed it. I, I believe today is the final day for any bill sitting on his desk. He either has to mm. sign, veto, or uh, do nothing with, and then they just automatically uh, become law. So he has not, as of yet, either signed or vetoed uh, this bill. This bill was brought forward uh, and sponsored by State Representative Barbara Ehart, who is uh, on uh, our station earlier this week talking about the uh, bill um, and over possibilities and fears that maybe Governor Little um, might veto. This could be one of the bills that uh, he might veto and why that legislature is kind of on hiatus until tomorrow uh, because today would be the day that, you know, they would have to over either get the signatures if nothing is is done with any of the bills other than signing them or allowing them to go into law, there'd be no reason other than to meet except to sign he die. She was on earlier this week with Nate Shellman talking about uh, this particular uh, House bill, House Bill 242. Obviously, this one is 
something that you know I've sponsored and I've been uh, working with Senator Lakey and others and you know all of our pro-life uh, organizations here in Idaho and you know our Idaho you know family so we've this is important to me but uh, you know yeah, especially the library bill gender mutilation those are all really important pieces of legislation and you know the the thing about the library bill is and, and some of these it's hard to go back and have those same conversations you know over again but if we have to do it we'll do it i think bruce gog with the gender mutilation made some great changes and adjustments and you know it it's it's the legislature is doing our part and obviously the executive branch you know has a, a very important role to play and they'll do their part i just hope that uh you know i hope these things pass but uh, obviously as you had played i have some uh I, yesterday i was on msnbc on the simone show and right after me was uh representative lauren nicotia who of course is the chairman the state chairman of the democrat party and mm-hmm. even though i laid out what they're conflating she still conflated all the stuff i'm like oh my goodness if the democrats can't i mean you can put it right in front of them this is what it is oh no 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 that's not what it is and and so that's why you know i appreciate this opportunity to lend some clarification because this is a great piece of legislation it is a parental rights piece of legislation on abortion trafficking of a minor, you know, and just with with, uh, Washington and Oregon virtue signaling, oh, come here and get an abortion. You know, we we can't stop adults from doing what they're doing, and we can't stop parents. We're not trying to stop parents. You know, if the parents uh, decide that their child gets pregnant and they want to take them for an abortion, they can. They it's a they have every right to, and that parent can cede their power and authority for somebody else, a grandparent or somebody, to take them. But what you can't do is these people, these organizations, these groups who would do it unbeknownst to the parent. And we have examples where this has taken place unbeknownst to the parent and taken across the border. And, and that's, this legislation is literally as simple as that. The rest of it, there's no civil cause of action. We just made some changes in the heartbeat bill that was attached to this. That's all. This is a righteous bill. That's what, uh, um, you know, has been said even in our hearings. And I sure hope that we can get it across the line. By the way, the other bill, one of the other bills she was hoping that was passed did actually uh, get signed last night into law. Governor Brad Little signed that um, last evening in the in the middle of uh, Debbie filing a <laughs> news report on it. Right. Had to blow it all up and start all over because uh, yeah. as she was finishing up the news report, well, yeah, j- just as she was doing the that, bill, suddenly all the information was out of date. Yeah, and that was the uh, bill on uh, to ban gender affirming care for youth and young adults in Idaho. Um, something, and I give kudos to Nate because I hadn't even thought about this, um, but asking um, State Representative Ehart, because even right now, without this bill going into effect yet, and if it does go into effect, it'll be January of next year, um, you still have laws that don't allow you to take minors across state lines. You know, that's exactly what a fellow legislator called it. I used that word on the floor when it came back around to the House. That is kidnapping, but but we're calling that, um, you know, the trafficking of a minor. You could face uh, five years in prison. Okay, so, I mean, so so that already is against the law to transport a child across state lines without permission of the parents or guardian. Well, it should be, but it's not defined, Nate, and that's what we're doing. We're really defining that. No, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is it against the law for me to have a kid in my car and go across state lines without without the parents' knowledge? 
And I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Forget where I'm going. <laughs> yep. Is it against the yep. law for me to go again to, to, to cross over into Oregon without the parents' knowledge with this kid? Yep. Yep. Is that against the law? That, as far as I understand it, that's against the law. Okay. Got it. So where I'm going is of no consequence. It's it's I could be I, no, well honestly I could be going to a game. Right, I could be going right. to 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 the uh, uh, to the grocery store. I could be you know, wherever, you know. If I take somebody else's kid out of the state without their knowledge, that is against the law. How does that, that get is, lost that in all? Law, yeah. How does how yeah. does that get lost in the reporting of this? Because I kind of went off on a small tangent on this last week, where there was uh, there was a lot of national a lot of national press on this, um, and there were a lot of media outlets that were leaving out the important words without parental permission. They were exactly. they, they were leaving out those three key words with parental permission. It's it's all legal, right? Exactly. Once again, that was uh, State Representative Barbara Ehart's co-sponsor of the uh, bill. If you want to hear that whole interview, um, that's a that's a great point. And I have blasted other laws in the past, and I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I've blasted other laws. It's like, all right, this is already against the law, so you're right. making another law on top of another law that already makes it illegal, so this makes it doubly illegal. So it is already illegal to take a right. an underage minor across state lines without parental permission. This just was only, adds, you know, it was only about thirty. To it. it was only about thirty years ago that they started adding into laws uh, extra penalties depending upon your motivation in committing the crime. Kidnapping wouldn't that? I think that has harsher penalties than this particular law, right? Uh, yeah, I, well, kidnapping is a federal offense, no yeah, matter where you do. Yeah, it's a federal offense. This will just be a state offense. So I, I would think kidnapping would be much however, more illegal than you know taking somebody across the border yeah, to get an how, abortion. However, you know, in, anytime you are being arrested for doing something where it crosses state lines, it sort of feels like a federal offense, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in on this, you can already email us Mike at kboi dot com, Chris at kboi dot com. Need to take a break. When we come back, fifty dollars gift certificate will be up for grabs. Costa Vida with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. That's right after traffic and weather. Tonight at ten, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. The only number you need to know when it comes to real estate. Two zero eight 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 eight. 4128 Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Uh, Linda is going to get uh, first crack at our question today. Linda, there are 20 countries in the world with no rivers. Question for you today is, which country is it that is the largest country in the world that has no rivers? What is Saudi Arabia? <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody who watches too many game shows. What is Saudi Arabia? Yes, Saudi right. Arabia, 830,000 square miles, not a single river. Of course, there is a lot of sand and a lot of desert. Mm-hmm. Not a, The surprising thing to me, and I, I think, Chris, you said the same thing, there, there are 20 countries in the world that right. have no rivers, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, I've, uh, in, in Hawaii, the entire state of Hawaii, they only have one river. But then again, of course, it's, you know, 
surrounded by it's, ocean. Well, it's yeah, they've yeah. Got, it's not like they have no water. Congratulations. Hang on the line. $50 gift certificate, Costa Vita. It is all yours. Don't worry if you didn't get in for that Costa Vita. we got more chances for you to win throughout the rest of the week with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. We'll take a break. we got news coming up here next. Um, phone lines uh, will be open after um, we talk with Jeff Sanders of the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. He's uh, also going to be here as part of the Boise Open, the Albertsons Boise Open, presented by Chevron. I think uh, you and I talked. They could get room in there for one more sponsor if they yeah. wanted. It's a powered by Pepsi or something like that. <laughs> Jeff Sanders will be with us to talk about the uh, upcoming Boise Open, 34th annual, coming your way this year. Um, uh, the, the details on what's going on, the concerts, how you get your tickets, all that and more. Jeff Sanders will be with us to talk about the Boise Open coming up here next on News Talk KBOI. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Now we're talking. I, I had Jones' leather jacket on last night, man. This is all good. Yeah, Je- Joan Jett, <laughs> one of the artists that is uh, going to be a part of uh, this year's Boise Open, the Albertsons Boise Open, presented by Chevron. I want to mm-hmm. get all the sponsors in there because the I know they are, pay big thank money. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. <laughs> and, and the other acts are Cheryl Crow and Weezer. So, I mean, boy, we've heard of all of them. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Sanders uh, is with us this morning, uh, head guru in charge, uh, not just in golf, but also the uh, music part of the uh, Boise Open. Jeff, thanks for taking a few minutes with us uh, this morning. Hey, good yeah, hey, good morning, Mike and Chris. Good, thanks for having me. Uh, one, I love talking to you every year. Uh, you have so much passion, so much excitement. Um, and I know this is uh, one of the great stops on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, it's a big stop for the golfers. It's a big stop uh, for you. Um, we talked earlier this morning. How many of these stops on the tour are still a part of the tour from the day it started? I know Boise is one of them. One. Are there Boise <laughs> is it, huh? I think just one. And Albertsons has been the title sponsor, of course, here in Boise for thirty-four years. And we know we have at least two more, you know, two more on the docket. So, no, it's amazing, really. Uh, it's a it's a unique situation. Original golf courses, Hillcrest and Crane Creek, Spurwing, original sponsor from day one. Uh, Albertsons, you know, in Boise, Idaho. Uh, very unique model. It's worked great and, um, you know, continues to uh, become more popular as Boise continues to grow. I think that's a big part of it. Um, see, the event grows as Boise grows. Boise is one of the bigger purses on the tour as well, right? It is. It's one of the finals events. It's one of the biggest purses on the tour, and uh, it's going to get bigger as we go forward. You know, the PGA Tour is investing more money in the Corn Ferry Tour. As we know, guys like, you know, Scotty Scheffler, who's playing this week at Augusta, you know, played at our event 19. And a lot of these guys, Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Cantlay, all the, most all the great players on the PGA Tour, uh, you know, came through Boise and came through the Albertsons Boise Open. So uh, there's quite a track record going on right now. It's pretty cool. The other thing that's uh, pretty amazing about this is the amount of money uh, raised every year for charity. And, and I love the fact that the charity – and the money uh, is all staying here um, in Idaho locally, which is which is great. Um, tell us about how it compares uh, to other 
stops on the tour when it comes to raising money for charities? Well, this is my favorite question because I love giving the answer. I mean, the average tournament on the Corn Ferry Tour is probably a couple hundred thousand dollars to charity. Wow. And we, you know, we gave $3 million two years ago and $3 million last year, and we're tracking the same at the same number. Hopefully, got some more work to do in the next four or five months, but for this year. So we're leading the league, you know. We're leading the league, and um, that's, that's one of our goals, you know. Albertsons is, a, again, you know, top priority is giving back. And uh, it has been that way since 1990. Um, I'm, I'm not, I think I'm on my either 10th or 11th CEO at Albertson since I started running the tournament <laughs> back in 90. And <laughs> I'm still standing somehow. But at the end of the day, I mean, that has never changed. I mean, Warren McCain back in 1989, Joe Albertson, Gary Michael, you know, Bob Miller, those who were involved said, you know, Jeff, if you can get us $25,000, you know, to charity, that'd be a big deal. And um, I can remember that conversation, and things have changed so much. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, that's a priority. And, uh, you know, giving 100% of the ticket sales that, uh, you know, when, when, a, when a fan goes, goes on albertsonsboysyopen.com, as you know, and buys a couple of tickets for $60, that, you know, those tickets get you into the, to, to watch PGA Tour golf during the day in a, in a concert you know, afterwards, I don't, I don't want to gloss over that once again. I want you to say that again, yeah. because that's pretty amazing right there. What, how much yeah. percentage I mean, of the tickets sales go to charity? 100, 100%, 100%. And, and it's a one ticket. It's a one ticket. People need to, I don't, one knows that now you buy one ticket, it gets you into the PGA tour event. It gets you into the concert afterwards and it's $30 and you have to decide there's 40 charities on the drop-down menu, 40 local Boise charities on the drop-down menu, and you have to pick one for your money to go to from your ticket purchase. Otherwise, the transaction won't go through. So it's 100%. We don't take any commissions or, or anything. It's just straight through. You know, there's there's obviously ticket fees with every transaction, but at the end of the day, that's that's the bottom line. And so, you know, when you look at it, it's the only tournament in professional golf on the Champions Tour, PGA Tour, LPGA Tour and Corn Ferry Tour that I'm aware of, so well over 100 tournaments, that gives 100% mm. of their ticket sales back to charity. Um, I don't know of any other event that, that, that does that on, on any of the tours. And so, and in sports, I mean, I can't think of another sport, you know, professional sport, right. that does it either. So it's a unique situation. Again, it's, it's driven by Albertsons. I mean, how do, we, how do we provide the most affordable, fun, entertaining events possible and still give, give 100% of the, of, the, of the ticket sales to charity? That's, the, that's what, what me and, and my team and all the volunteers, 800-plus, uh, and all the sponsors that participate, that's what we have to do to be successful. That's our scorecard. So here we go. We've got top golf, obviously, top quality golf, I mean. Not not the the business, right? <laughs> and uh, we uh, you know, have have the music acts, uh, you know, big acts that we we've heard of, you know, and uh, they play on the mm-hmm. radios. It's a great fan experience, but the fan experience is what you call the whole thing. What else is there that uh, is available for the fan to do? Well, fan experience is is you know based on there's three there's three different fans really. There's the there's the Golf Channel viewer that you know that goes to every golf tournament within a couple hundred miles of where they live. They just love watching golf. They'll go to the, drive to any tournament that's in the area. Then there's the music lover who says, you know, I I, I don't know much about golf, but I love music and I want to go out. To, I want to I want to listen to Joan Jett, Weezer, and and uh, you know I want I want to I want to check those guys out and uh, just go go to the music. And uh, 
And then there's the there's the combo buyer who says, you know, what better way to spend the day, you know, watching some golf, you know, have a have a drink or two, and this, and stay and stay for the concert. So, you know, it's um, there's and so the the third one is really the sweet spot, you know. But as far as fan experiences go, we've got the Albertsons Fan Pavilion behind the 16th green. Um, Michelob Ultra sponsors what we call beer, beer for birdies, so that if there's a birdie on the on the 16th hole. The, the beers are discounted for a while. We have a, <laughs> and quite frankly, that's, that's all awesome. day. That's all day long. Like, that's all day long. It's you like drinking beer in the morning, but because uh, that's a that's a fairly easy par five for these guys. They rip it down there and they hit driver middle iron <laughs> second shot. So lots of birdies and an occasional eagle. And we'll pay on eagles too. By the way, you can drink on eagles. But yeah, and then and then there's the. There's the Coors Light fan deck behind the 18th green, so if you'd rather, you know, sit up there and, and, and watch the 18th hole, which is always fun, great hole, great finishing hole, uh, and have a Coors Light, that's great. And then brand new this year is the Albertsons Wine Bar, on, uh, again, on 16 green, 1,500 square foot, brand new unit we're going to build up there. Um, we had some people that wanted to have a glass of wine or two before the concerts and in the afternoons with their meal, and so we're, we're providing a brand new, first time in 34 years, you know, the Albertsons, the Albertsons Wine Bar, and so... Um, you know, the, the best way to enjoy this tournament is to go out there, you know, go out and watch some golf in the morning or go out and have lunch and then, right. and then watch golf in the afternoon and then, you know, stay and walk a couple hundred yards to the show. Quick question for you. And, and I'm, I'm just curious because we have concerts that come through here all the time and usually, you know, they're 75, a hundred, sometimes $150 to go see the concert. You can get tickets mm-hmm. for four days of golf and see all three of the concerts for $75. How are you able to get right. these amazing acts? Because these are all, I mean, you've got Grammy award-winning acts who have had many, many right. hits. How are you able to get these at, at such a level that you can charge only $75 to see all of them? Well, we've got a, we've got a lot of relationships. You know, we've done over 100 concerts now at our tournaments. You know, the Safeway Open PGA Tour event that we, you know, ran in Napa for many years. The, the American Express PGA Tour event that we ran in La Quinta, California at PGA West for a number of years. The Albertsons Boise Open, you know, and others. We, so we've got a lot of great relationships in, in the music industry now after, after running at least 100 concerts or more over the last 10 years or so. That's, that's the place to start. Number one. Number two, we have great sponsors. We have sponsors that help us, uh, you know, underwrite the costs of the shows. And um, those are those are companies that have been with us a long time and are are amazing companies that want to help, want to help us drive, you know, $3 million a year to charity. And so one of the ways that you do that is you have to be able to go out and find sponsors to help to help with that. And so we do that. And then the other piece is Albertsons again. It's a title sponsor saying, "Hey, we want to have, we want to, we can't, you know, we're not going to probably bring in, you know, the Beatles, you know." But uh, I mean, but we're these, but are, these are still good Weezer, acts, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, these are great shows, as you say, Grammy award-winning shows. And what we've learned about Boise is, I mean, Cheryl Crow Thursday night home run. I mean, ticket sales right now are we've never had a, as fast a start in the first twenty-four hours oh, wow. as we have right now. Ticket sales are, are, are flying off the shelf, and um, I don't know how long it's going to take before we sell them all out. I all mean, right. it's it's crazy. Uh, if you yeah, want to get, so I think, yeah. If you want to get tickets, you go to albertsonsboiseopen.com, Correct. 
Albertsonsboiseopen.com. Go, you know, go 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 right away and 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 buy your tickets. You can buy them individually. You can buy them for Thursday night for Cheryl, Friday night for Joan Jett, Saturday right. night for Weezer. Or you can, you know, I I don't know if there's any four day passes left, guys. I think they might be all gone. To oh, be that, very honest. That so, sucks, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I waited I know, too long. I know. I know. Well, <laughs> Jeff Sanders. Well, we have a you know it's limited number of people, but it's exciting. So yeah. thank thank you, Jeff Sanders. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Uh, much appreciated. Um, uh, thank you. I'm sure we'll talk to you again coming up soon, and we'll look uh, forward to seeing you at the uh, media day coming up in June. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks a lot. I love rock and roll. Let's go, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. Uh, We'll let you play out a little Sheryl Crow, get you in the mood for the Boise Open, one of the concerts going on to kick off concert. This is Sheryl Crow. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. You know, I was sitting there thinking about our interview with Jeff Sanders of Jeff Sanders Entertainment putting on the uh, Boise Open. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the Albertsons Boise Open presented by Chevron. Right. If that guy could just have a little more passion for his job, <laughs> he might be able to hang on to a job for longer than, say, 34 years. He wasn't terribly old when he started <laughs> Jeff Sanders no. the promotions. And, um, and, and uh, they were there for the very first... Boise Open, and, and I remember thinking, wow, this guy really has it all together. And he's, he's still that way 34 years later. It's, it's unusual that a, a production company or a promotion company like that, after 34 years, is still so consistently good. Yeah, and, and run by the uh, same person. You don't, exactly. you don't see that happen very often either. Um, but uh, great information this morning. No idea. I mean, you learn new stuff every year, and I've talked to Jeff many times over the years uh, on the radio. Uh, that fact about the money raised for charities was pretty interesting that most of the stops um they're super happy if they raise a couple hundred thousand dollars and boise uh opened last year over three million dollars well and i didn't i didn't realize that they give all the ticket uh, proceeds to charity hundred percent uh whereas uh other tours you know just give a percentage yeah so I mean, this is it, it's it's worth supporting, um, and if you if you found out one thing there, based on the fan experience and everything that goes on for the fans, uh, you know why I love golf so much because you heard about how much drinking is uh, available to those people. <laughs> you don't even have to play. Well, I was even I was even thinking that when he said, "Well, there were three types of fans," you know, and, and the first one is the one that watches the Golf Channel and travels to anything that's in the area. That they can you know get to and they they get in a hotel and then they stay overnight and then there's the fan that just likes the music and they go and hey the golf tournament's fun too you know but the music is why I show up and I I just I knew he was going to say the third fan is the one that likes to drink because and, well it sure it, keeps you involved on that you get you get specials on your beer for every time somebody hits a birdie on that part yeah, five good, and it's great. a short part five so. Um, yeah, it, it's great fun, and it's a good reason to support it because so much of that money stays right here in our community. And you heard him. He said ticket sales are faster than they have ever been, so if you want to make sure that you get your tickets, uh, make sure and get them before they sell out. We will have tickets to give away to all three nights of the concert, all four days of golf. We'll give those away this Friday. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Former President Trump 
pleading not guilty to 34 counts of falsifying business records, allegedly paying hush money and getting AMI's National Enquirer to help suppress negative stories about him. In 2016, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. The scheme violated New York election law, which makes it a crime to conspire to promote a candidacy by unlawful means. The $130,000 wire payment exceeded the federal campaign contribution cap. And the false statements in AMI's books violated New York law. DA says Mr. Trump wrote checks making it look like they were reimbursements to his lawyer for expenses or legal fees when it was part of the cover-up. Speaking to supporters in Florida tonight, the former president. I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. But actually, it happens a lot. A grand jury, not a political prosecutor, chooses to charge or not charge people with crimes. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. Your thoughts if you want to weigh in. Did you get a chance to watch what happened yesterday? Did you get a chance to watch Trump in his speech last night? If you want to weigh in on any of that and what you think, um, does this lay out? exactly what the charges or are you like me more confused now than you were before the charges were laid out because some of the charges we still don't even know because they were listed as other crimes in the uh, filings in mm-hmm. the uh, court yesterday it, it's, it's like i said it, it seems to be all based on bookkeeping paying money for something or accepting money for something and then simply writing it down in the book says something else yeah and, and which by the way not necessarily a crime. So there's a lot of tie-ins that are going to have to be done by the DA here because paying off someone for a non-disclosure agreement, as we've talked about, is not against the law. Apparently, depending on your purpose for doing so. Right. That's where that's where the proof has to come in. And they've got a couple of things that they have to prove here. Number one, they have to prove fraud in the bank uh, banking Um rises to the level of a felony because if it doesn't rise to that level the statute of limitations ended a long time ago there's a two-year statute of limitations on that um we're now what into what are we into seven years almost a two-year statute of limitations if it amounts to a misdemeanor Misdemeanor, right so they have to number one get that to rise to the level of a felony so you have to prove that there was fraud and then you have to prove on top of that that it rises to the level of a felony and then on top of that you have to prove that that is also a felony in some way shape or form as they're trying to do as it pertains to election fraud because they're claiming that this is a way for that President Trump tried to influence the election by hiding it until after the election. So there's a lot of things that, a lot of dots that have to be connected. And a lot of people, a lot of legal minds uh, have have weighed in on, on this. And one of the legal minds, and this is great because um, one of the top legal minds in Idaho, uh, David Leroy, was on with Nate Shulman yesterday. He's a past attorney general. Uh, he was also a lieutenant governor, practicing uh, defense attorney. Um, he laid out his thoughts. He's he's done some research on this, and he laid out his his thoughts on after hearing the charges yesterday, what he thought. First of all, the statute itself is a very curious piece of work on the New York law books. Uh, it's short enough. In fact, it's only one sentence. Let me read it to you and your listeners. Okay. A person is guilty of falsifying business records in the first degree when he commits the crime of falsifying business records in the second degree 
and when his intent to defraud includes an intent to commit another crime to aid or conceal the commission thereof. So it's a double intent statute, uh, perhaps the only one in the country. Interesting. So it's not just falsifying that, but falsifying to cover up a crime. You've got to have an intent to falsify the first set of business records, and then your intent in that regard has to include an intent uh, to defraud, which includes within it an intent to commit another crime. Sort that out if you can. It's a little difficult. <laughs> even even as well, he's I mean, explaining, you, it's like, you grew up going what, to, what does that mean? You grew up going to Catholic Sunday school. So you know that something is not only a sin if you commit the sin, but also thinking about doing it is a sin. Uh, deciding to do it is a sin. I mean, you know, making plans, all that sort of thing. It's all a sin. And so apparently there are some laws that work that way as well. <laughs> if you think about it, you did it. Yeah. Um, he also, once again, David Leroy uh, weighed in on what happens now legally as far as the court case is concerned. Well, the initial attack by the lawyers would require the f- filing of briefs, uh, argument to the uh, first judge, argument to two appellate levels, probably within the state of New York. So I wouldn't expect the, the legal issues here to be resolved within the next uh, six to eight months. Uh, that'll carry us uh, a long way toward the next election mm-hmm. in the preliminaries. Uh, if it ever goes to trial, it will be uh, uh, tw- 18 months, 24 months out, and uh, that too then, of course, will be appealed. So. As I say, the entire process of adjudicating, should Trump be convicted of anything, whether that conviction is fair or foul, will take over three or four years. Should he win the primary, should he win election, does the trial stop while he's in office? Uh, probably uh, probably not, uh, because you can, you can go forward and complete processes that are in play, but you can't indict uh, a sitting president. I'm not sure whether there would be any relief uh, that he could cause to be invoked during a term of a presidency. Uh, I'd have to check that more closely, but I'm I'm doubtful. We've also well, heard. I mean, the reason that's a hard question to answer is well, we've never actually done this mm-hmm. before. We've also heard from other attorneys saying that, yeah, he could be found guilty, um, and these aren't the only charges, by the way, he's facing. Um, he could go be sent to prison, and if he's elected president, he could serve out his presidency in prison. Now, I don't—another attorney weighed in yesterday and thought, hey, if he's convicted of this and he ends up doing any time in prison, would he go to prison? He said, no, probably in this case, probably not if he is convicted. He goes, it's very hard um, because he is a former president, and if he goes to prison, that prison would have to be set up for any place else, just like any place else mm-hmm. that a president is visiting. So it would have to have the massive amount of security, and they also said that Secret Service agents would be with him in prison. So he wouldn't be in there by himself. Secret Service and agents would also it, be in prison with him. In this particular case, would be in New York State. Yeah. It's not like it would be in Washington, D.C., uh, you can be held in Washington, D.C. Uh, if you commit a crime in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Harvard professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz weighed in yesterday. Um, he had this to say. He said the unsealed indictment failed to articulate any sort of crime that was committed by the former president. In his uh, press conference, Bragg's press conference, uh, Dershowitz says he mentions a couple of them, but they all relate to Stormy Daniels and other kinds of personal, sexual, and other payoffs. Dershowitz says that's not a crime. 
He also noted that there doesn't seem to be a victim in this case. He said, where's the victim here? Who was hurt? Stormy Daniels isn't the victim. Who is the victim? Do uh, you ever devote that much time and resources, a lawyer's time, to such victimless, victimless crimes? He's, he's, he's talking about Bragg here, reducing victim crimes repeatedly from felonies to misdemeanors, and now he's trying to raise victimless, victimless, well, victimless crime from a non-misdemeanor to a misdemeanor and then to a felony. That's according to Alan Dershowitz. Okay, violent crimes are, are, have victims, obviously. Right. Uh, when you steal something, even if you burglarize, which is not a violent crime, there are still victims. Uh, how, I mean, there is a victim. Who's the victim? Uh, in, in this, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know that there's necessarily a victim like you didn't cause bodily injury to somebody, but. Well, he's claiming the victim here is Trump. So he goes, how can Trump be the victim if he's making faulty, um, business records against his own business? How can he be the victim? I think that's what he's saying here. He goes, who else is the victim? Well, however, there are a number of things on, on the books that are not considered victim or they, that are considered somewhat victimless crimes, but they are still against the law, and you can still be prosecuted for them. Right. And he, I he, mean, if your argument is, uh, you know, because it wasn't a violent crime, nobody should be prosecuted for anything, I don't think that's going to hold up in court. No, I well. think his point was you have the attorney, or not the attorney general, the uh, DA, who is taking actual crime victims who have, you know, serious crimes against them, and instead of, you know, charging them with felonies, he ends up charging them with misdemeanors and letting them off. And here he's doing it the other way around, and mm-hmm. and was saying that you know who who is the victim here? And I I I don't know. I don't. We don't. Nobody knows because you have thirty four charges that we don't even know what some of the charges actually are. It just says other crimes. Now, eventually, we're going to have to know if this does do to go to court. And I know there's going to be a guarantee that there's going to be uh, an appeal filed to drop the charges based. On a number of things, one of the things will be the statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. They're not due back for those particular filings until September. For those of you who Donald think that this was going to go over Trump. quickly, they're not due in court until December. The, the, this is really his first time in in criminal court. He's he's been in civil court nonstop, nonstop. I mean, <laughs> over his entire career. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different people have sued uh, Donald Trump and and the Trump company, usually for non-payment. And quite often they end up getting none of it because the Trump company almost always is able to outlawyer them in court, you know, and and can bankrupt a small company. So this is the one time when you really can't do that. Yeah, it'll it, it it's going to be interesting to watch over the next four to five years. We've had some predictions from some attorneys that saying this is this is going to be happy. This could be going on the entire time that he is in as president if he does get elected. Mm. Um, they're saying it could take four to five years to work its way through through court. Um, here's the other thing. I know we need to take a break here when we come back. Um, I'm going to give you a, another reason why I don't think this necessarily is such a big deal. And it doesn't have to do with why I don't think this is a big deal to this case, because if it is proven, it's it's a big deal. However, Trump has bigger problems that are going on that's going to happen much sooner than this case we'll tell you about uh, that when we come back uh also i have a story um how's this for irony um something stormy daniels was ordered to do on the same day that trump um faced his charges yesterday we'll share that story coming up here too don't go away
Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921, if you want to weigh in, we're getting some emails, and we'll get to those coming up here. If you want to weigh in, our phone lines are open. We'd love to talk to you and your thoughts, especially if you had a chance to listen in yesterday. Um, if you had a chance to look over the uh, counts, the 34 different counts, please feel free to, free to weigh in. 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-5264, pound 670. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, my personal opinion, I don't think that these, I don't even know if this is going to make it to court. I, I don't think it's going to amount to a whole lot. And I don't think this is the thing that uh, Trump is even concentrating on right now as we're going to break. Uh, I told you, I think Trump has bigger problems um, that and these are going to be coming up sooner than the next time he has to be in court on these particular charges, which is December 4th. The obstruction of justice, the Espionage Act, both at play in the in the uh, classified documents case. Uh, the January 6th case is both the federal case and the one in Georgia. Each of these are more serious crimes and more serious punishments. So I think that ultimately they're going to have to worry about those. Some of those cases come to a head this Friday. I don't know if they're going to... My guess is it, Friday is good Friday. So I don't, they say that they're going to come to a head on Friday. I don't know if that's going to happen because somebody, it is a holy day of obligation. Somebody mentioned uh, last night, they said, uh, you know, we're acting like this is a, a huge deal because uh, Trump was indicted. He, you know, they, they said a few months from now, we'll probably be, oh, Trump was indicted again. Big deal. <laughs> well, you know, at this point. How, <laughs> um, well, because, you know, even the even when he was calling up the. Secretary of State uh, and various other people in in Georgia, and uh, you know, urging them to uh, you know do the recounts and find him some more votes and things like that. I, I eventually he's going to be brought up on charges for that as well. Yeah, um, it would appear. No name on this one says. How is Trump the victim? Uh, Dershowitz is a Trump bootlicker. Why wouldn't Allen say he's uh, innocent? Um, Trump is in no way, shape, or form a Trump bootlicker. You mean um, Dershowitz? Dershowitz, or yeah, I'm sorry, Dershowitz. Uh, Dershowitz is not a Trump fan. He's not a Republican. Um, he is uh, anti-Trump, as a matter of fact, and has said so many, many. Well, I mean, profes- times. professionally, he's supposed to be somebody who calls them as he sees them, right? Regardless uh, of what party, you know, they're t- and he doesn't owe anybody any favors when he's calling as the, them as he sees them, supposedly. Yeah. Um, another text message, Michael Cohen is convicted, but Trump is exempt. Why do we think Trump shouldn't be indicted? Shouldn't he be held to the same standard? Yeah, and I I think that's what you're seeing. Uh, Cohen was sentenced, by the way, to three years in in prison in order to pay a $50,000 fine after he pled guilty. So he pled guilty to tax Mm -hmm. evasion campaign finance violations on February 26th of 2019. He was also disbarred from practicing law. So he he didn't go to court. He pled guilty. Now, Now he's claiming, these years later, the only reason that he pled guilty was some strange man came to him and threatened his family, so he pled guilty I don't know if there's any truth to that. That's what his claim was. Um, I don't know how good of a witness he's going to be for the DA just because he well, you know, he has lied before in not, court proceedings. Yeah, I know. They're not too worried about that because apparently they have many other uh, corroborating uh, witnesses besides just him. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how that's going to go. It could be that he is because of the fact that he could be a liability to the case that he never shows up 
for the DA anyway. He could be somebody that they never put on the stand, yeah. On the stand just because he could be a, a liability because of that. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, question in, and I don't have an answer to this, but I would think it stands to reason. Um, this person asks So if Trump is found guilty, he gets put in prison, and then he gets elected as president, <laughs> couldn't he then pardon, pardon himself as president? Presidents can pardon let's, anybody let's, they want to. Let, let's, let's put it this way. Um, I don't know why I keep even bothering to repeat this, but, well, it's never happened before. There's a lot of this. It's never happened before. Um, you know, I guess, possibly, because they have wide latitude on, they can pardon anybody they want or give clemency, and usually as they leave leave office. You see this every time as a president leaves office. They have a list of people. Um, that they grant clemency to, or they or they pardon. I don't think there's any law that says that you can't pardon yourself as as president, right? And who knows? Maybe that's the reason Trump is running for president once again, and wants to get elected uh, because he wants to pardon himself for any crimes that he may have or may not have done. I just looked it up. According to the National Constitution Center, uh, they say that you can't pardon yourself, but uh, of course the next president can pardon you as was the case with ford and nixon mm-hmm. what so what he could do is he could be president however for four years and I, then on this second to last day in office say by the way i'm giving up my office to my vice president I, and then the vice president right as i as i read further down it seems like uh, constitutional scholars are still arguing about this point this will be something that'll have to be i guess figured out by the Supreme Court. Supreme Court. 208 336 Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, like I said, if you want to weigh in, um, go ahead and uh, weigh in this morning. Our phone lines are open right now. If you want to get through, you can continue to email us. We'll get to some of those emails when we come back. Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. Um, Idaho Governor uh, Brad Little signed the bill banding gender-affirming care for minors yesterday late last night as a matter of fact if you want to weigh in on that he still has today there are bills sitting on his desk uh, to either veto sign uh, people are still especially the legislators waiting by tomorrow they will be meeting to decide uh, if there are any bills that the governor vetoed if they will override them or they'll just get together and say see ya <laughs> or we're, we're signing done um, we'll talk more about that if you want to. Plus, we still have that Stormy Daniels um, irony for you yesterday, something that she was ordered to do on the same day Trump was facing charges. We'll get to that coming up next. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.35, don't forget, coming up here this Friday, another Hometown Breakfast, number two of 2023, coming your way, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We're going to be at Lip Heap coming up here this Friday morning. Pancakes, French French toast, waffles, crepes. They have delicious crepes, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, one of their best things on the menu, the Rock Lobster Scramble. They've got different flavors of mimosas, and uh, they're open beginning at 7 a.m. This coming Friday morning, you're invited to stop on by. Don't forget, also on Friday, it's a big day Friday. Uh, so we've got a hometown breakfast going on. We have two different KBOI sweet deals that will be available, and one of those sweet deals is a $50 gift certificate to La Peep 
for only $25. And there'll be another sweet deal, Land Ocean, which is just down the road a couple hundred yards. You'll be able to get that $50 gift certificate for only $25. You can get one or both as long as you're fast because these things sell very quickly. And then, of course, don't forget, uh, the Peep opens up at 7 o'clock. And during the 7 o'clock hour, the 8 o'clock hour, and the 9 o'clock hour, we will have your tickets to the Albertsons Boise Open presented by Chevron. The tickets, not only are they for golf, whichever day you win, but they are for the concert, whichever particular day you win. So if you win your tickets, say, for Thursday, you're going to go watch the first day of the tournament all day, and then immediately after the tournament, you have Cheryl Crow that will be on the 18th fairway, and you'll just get to go immediately down, walk down the 18th fairway, and go see a great concert from Cheryl Crow. Friday night, of course, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, and then on Saturday, it's Weezer. But we have all those concert tickets uh, that we'll be giving away and golf tickets to the Boise Open. Once again, Friday morning during the Hometown Breakfast, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Just, uh, let me see, that's about five more reasons to uh, come out and say hi to Chris and myself <laughs> as we uh, eat breakfast. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Asking about uh, your thoughts on uh, what happened yesterday, if you had a chance to uh, watch it. Um, do, are you less confused than you were before? I, I personally am not. Um, but are you? Um, did, did this explain some of the things that are being laid out? Go ahead and weigh uh, in. We have some uh, lines that are open as of right now. Um, as I told you as uh, we went to break... Uh, that I was going to give you um, details on kind of an interesting um, thing that happened yesterday that was going on at the exact same time. Um, and now I'm, <laughs> I apologize. I've uh, all of a sudden lost the story that I was going to be telling you about. So we may take we may take a few seconds before I have to find that. That's weird that I just had it here and then all of a sudden it's gone. Oh, there it is. Okay, there it is. Um, <laughs> apologize. Um, this is how's this for irony for you? So all this was going on yesterday in court in uh, Manhattan, and at the exact same time that this was going on, uh, that Donald Trump entered his plea of not guilty that involves hush money payments to Stormy Daniels, the porn actress who was ordered to pay uh, the porn actress was ordered to pay one hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars in legal fees. For a defamation case she, she brought mm-hmm. against the former so, president yesterday. Porn actress, but not poor actress. Mm, well, at this point, she said she would rather go to jail than to ta- pay one single penny to uh, Trump. So she was ordered yesterday to pay $122,000 in legal fees. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in Tuesday's order that Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, will have to pay Trump for legal fees he accrued. Uh, to Dillon Law Group for 183 hours of work. The total amount, $121,972.56. Oh, wow. Did you win? Sort of. The $122,000 sum awarded Tuesday, by the way, is in addition to the more than $293,000 that Daniels had been ordered to pay for losing uh, district court and $245,000 for unsuccessfully pursuing an earlier appeal now for a total of over $650,000 that Stormy Daniels owes to Donald Trump. You know, what? what's that saying? If the sides keep caving in, stop digging? <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're in a hole, stop digging. She's in a hole of $650,000. She keeps going to court, and she keeps losing and uh, keeps having to pay more and more money. Uh, that, like I said, that's $650,000. I don't know if it would cover 
um, all of Donald Trump's you know, money he's going to have to pay for lawyer's fee for the case going on in Manhattan. My, but my, my guess is no. $650,000 is going to make a pretty good dent. What do you think? Well, he's hired some very good and therefore very expensive lawyers. Maybe uh, Stormy Daniels should have hired some of those same lawyers and she wouldn't owe so much money. Once again, I want to say Daniels has said she would rather go to jail than to pay a single penny to Trump. Hmm. I don't know. If you if you end up refusing an order from a court, don't you go to prison? Don't you go to jail? Yeah, that's uh, for that. So why she that works be, out, I guess. She could be going to uh, jail. Jen writes in, so President Trump's defense is that these crimes I committed are misdemeanors and not felonies. That's it. Not I did not mislabel these transactions, but I did mislabel them, but it's not serious enough to be considered a felony. If I commit tax fraud, come the 18th, I can call the auditor. Yes, I committed fraud, but only to misdemeanor level. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mean to do it, and I didn't mean you uh, to catch me at doing it. Um, first of all, President Trump said he has done nothing that he has been accused of. Hmm. If you watched his speech last night, he, he, has, he has said, I have done none of these things of any one of the 34 charges. Now, his lawyers, however, have said, first of all, you know, statute of limitations is up on this, so we shouldn't even be going to court on it. Um, so there's there's a lot of legalese that are going to go in from his lawyers that, you know, are paid to well, that is what make sure say. that he doesn't get, you know, found guilty. Mm-hmm. But Trump himself is claiming and has claimed that he did not commit any of these charges that have been filed against him. And that's what, you know, a uh, court of law is for. They have to prove the case, not like Nancy right. Pelosi says. Um, he doesn't have to go to court and prove his innocence. The DA has to prove that he is guilty. He's innocent as of right now mm-hmm. till the DA proves their case, if they ever do end up in court. Pablo um, writes in and says, it is interesting how Idaho legislation always says that they are advocating for parents' rights and parents know best for the welfare of their kids. But this year, legislators have two bills, one that takes rights from parents and the other that gives it. Hmm. There are some contradictions in that. If, yeah. if well, Let's see, Jamie says, if Trump mislabeled campaign funds and filed them with the IRS, then the victim is the taxpayer and campaign donors. I know those who donate to him are uneducated, his words, not mine, and would let him shoot them in the foot in the name of Murica, but they are still victims. And once again, the claims are that this was not from campaign funds. They would have to prove that this was from campaign funds once again and not his personal funds, because once again, paying off somebody with your personal funds is yeah. not against the law. It, well, it happens every day in America. Apparently they think they can do it. Yeah. So uh, Boise Rabble Rouser says that Trump's New York court appearance, both George Santos, RNY, which is Republican New York, facing multiple investigations for lying, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican Georgia, blatantly factless, rallied for Trump, thus proving that three liars are sticking together. When Santos showed up, I was like, okay, can you just like stay away from this? Because <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's not really a, somebody you need in, in your corner. Yeah. Um, no name on this email. Mike at KBOI.com says, I have a list of all the 34 charges. They are all very petty, and each bit of evidence is an individual charge 
thus amounting to the number of 34. I don't even think it was Trump's hand that touched the majority of documents in questions, so he would know nothing about it at the time, so it's way more dramatic than it appears on paper. Although he has stated many times that there wasn't anything that went on with the Trump business that he you know, wasn't in charge of or didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I mean, to be fair, so say, I'll give an example, all mm-hmm. right? Our, our taxes are so convoluted because uh, my wife and I own a business. I mean, our, our last year's taxes we filed had a thousand pages. And all of it has to do with business. And we're, our businesses are not convoluted anywhere close to what I'm sure Trump's are because he has a whole bunch of different businesses. So we have hired a, a CPA to do our taxes because it's just too difficult. It's yeah. just too hard to know all the tax laws, all the tax rules, and to fill it out. So we do not touch anything having to do with our own taxes. We give the receipts. We give everything over to our CPA. Mm-hmm. However... <laughs> we sign mm-hmm. that document before and we file it. Even if an IRS agent does your taxes for you and does it wrong, you are still liable. You sign that document. When you sign that document, it is the same as if you had filled it out yourself. So in fairness, you know, that's exactly correct. It, whether Trump claims, oh, I didn't do this, somebody else, you yeah. know, I have somebody else hired to do this. You still had to sign it. So if you signed it, you're you're still responsible. I wonder how many people were out there saying, you know, I always hired an accountant every year because I figured, hey, if, if he screws something up, it's not my fault. No. No, the accountant doesn't ask, go to prison unless it can prove the him. accountant did something on purpose. Ask Willie Nelson if that's how it works. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you're on the phone, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you next in our final segment. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.50 final segment uh, to get through this morning. Jerry in Cuta, thank you for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Um, I've got a couple questions. First off, uh, you said that the settler Stormy Daniels is getting... uh, uh, having to pay because it's something that settlement in there. Well, if that's the case, then all the other stuff is dropped. Because why would that? Why would anything that she did now, if if she has to pay that back, means that it didn't happen? So how can they call that on there? Also, the other thing I wanted to say is, is isn't this exactly what they've done to Sarah Palin up there in, in Alaska that made her quit her governor's job? Is that they just kept these? The lawsuits going one after another after another until it just sort of breaks the guy down. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure if that's why um, you know she quit as governor or not. I know that you know she quit to be vice president, possibly be vice president and run then. And she also ran um, to be uh, in Congress this, this last election cycle. She didn't, you know, win, but uh, she's still involved in politics or at least trying to be. Then, then the other thing of it is too is, is when is when is all this stuff going to happen with the with the Bidens? I mean, all the stuff that went on there, and, and going back there, if they prove that that stupid dossier that uh, Hillary Clinton did, that that was uh, a, a election interference. Why doesn't any of that stuff ever come to life? Yeah, I, I don't know. As far as the Bidens, based on what's going on with Trump right now, if anything would happen with Biden, it would probably be seven years after he left, uh, or five to seven years after he left office. 
I, I, I guess the thing I don't understand is, is, is how other people, and, and I guess you call me being biased in the other in the other way, but man, some of that stuff is just blatant that it just happens, and yet they walk away from it. I just I don't understand it. Anyway, <laughs> we can't do anything about it, I guess, or somebody nope. would have. But, just watch it. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, another uh, text message says, I still believe the prosecutor knows this case will sooner or later fall flat. His plan, however, is to keep Trump under indictment during campaign seasons. Hmm. I don't know if that's the reason he's doing it. I don't think that's the, the reason he's doing the it. Think about it. He was talking about the Steele dossier. Uh, the, um, the, the There was no jail time based on the Steele dossier, but apparently the Clinton campaign had paid for some of that or had paid mm-hmm. for like the results of it or whatever and had reported it wrong again. So, but rather than anybody going to prison, they did have to pay $113,000 in fines. Yeah. And that, that was only about a year ago, actually, that that got all settled. There are some people claiming, you know, okay, what's the difference? You know, why, why, why did she just have to pay fines? Mm-hmm. Because she did all that to try as Trump is being accused of here to influence an election yeah. and used campaign funds to do it. So if that's can, uh, going against campaign finance laws, why? if that's not, then why is what Trump's doing? Why is that? Why isn't he just being charged you know, with, well, with a ultim- fine instead I mean, of having to try to possibly we, go to prison? We don't know how this is going to turn out. Ultimately, he could just be fined and, and it'll, you know, yeah. he'll be acquitted of all the, the felonies, but still fined. Yeah. But you're right. Hillary Clinton was, you know, didn't have 34 felony charges, you know, like Trump is having to do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, another text message in, um, and I have an answer to this. Uh, President of China and President of Russia just spent three days together, and you guys are talking about this. I know you're going to follow the status quo when it comes to subject matter, but when will responsible media ever come back? Well, if if you you so, realize that they got together on March 20th, right? So if you want us to go back and talk about something that mm-hmm. happened. 14 days ago again? Did you, did you have a particular comment you'd like to make about that? Yeah, I, I will tell you our phone lines are open if you want to talk about it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, it is something that w- we talked about, but like I said, it happened over two weeks ago. So I don't know why would we go back yeah, today. I when, haven't uh, read the transcript of their meetings because they didn't issue one. And by the way... This is what's happening here. The reason we're talking about it, it's unprecedented. A, pre- a former president has never been yeah. charged before. So this is kind yesterday of big was, news. Yesterday was the first time it ever happened. In history. So this is kind of big news. That's why mm-hmm. we're talking about it. And also, it just happened. Sorry, I just did my Biden there again. I apologize. People get upset when I do my Biden. It just happened. If, if you want us to make a statement about the uh, uh, the president of China and the president of Russia getting together, oh, I'll make one. I don't trust those guys. <laughs> oh that's about uh all the time we're gonna have uh for today um coming up today is the uh, final day by the way for the governor to either sign bills that are sitting on his desk veto them or just do nothing because then they become law anyway tomorrow morning we'll get to talk to the legislature will tomorrow be the final day of the 2023 legislative session we'll have legislators in here we'll talk about uh their thoughts on the 2023 legislative session and also we'll keep an eye on those bills that either do get signed or maybe vetoed today we'll have updates for you coming up here tomorrow morning on kboi